a listener production. Hi, and welcome to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's Editorial Director, Katja Vuchtel, and the host of this 10-minute guide to Melbourne. Limoncello is having a well-deserved moment around Australia. Wineries are making their own, bars are putting it in spritzes and slushies, and we're going to hear all about why today. But first, two Aussie baking stars have opened a new space in Richmond, and Broadsheet Melbourne's food and drink editor, Audrey Payne, is here to tell us about it. There's a very peachy new venue that's opened in Richmond, which will probably be great news for cake fans. Audrey, can you tell us about this kind of interesting location, mm. which is not a bakery and it's not a patisserie and it's not a cake shop. It's kind of a bunch of different things. It is a bunch of different things. It is a co-bake space. That's what it's called. That's been started by these two Instagram bakers. Alice Bennett, who has the Instagram handle at Miss Trixie Drinks Tea and Alicia Henderson, who's at Sweet Bakes. They both have a really loyal Instagram following that they've been able to kind of build into customers. So they do a lot of custom cakes for weddings, events, for brands. Um, My old colleague and I used to call people with these cake businesses bespokers because they make bespoke cakes. They were both kind of working out of commercial kitchens and I guess ready to kind of take a next step in their careers and really wanted to have some kind of space where they could do pop-ups and events, which they weren't able to do when they were working, you know, quite far from the city centre. What I think appealed to them about the space was that it used to be a commercial bakery. Um, So it already had a lot of the fit out out the back and then a small shop front at the front. I mean, it does look a bit like an Alice in Wonderland style. Mm. It's so whimsical. It is. But I think what is special about the space and what the two of them were really conscious about is that it's not over the top. You know, it doesn't have like patterned wallpaper or like flowers and sprinkles everywhere. And I think that was very intentional because they really want other creatives like florists, other bakers who maybe don't have their own space yet. And um, even brands to be able to come in and really take over the space and not have to do a whole fit out like you would if you were maybe renting a store at a market or a really rough pop-up space where you see a lot of those um, sample sales and things. So they're both using it separately rather than collaborating on cakes together. Right. So you're ordering through both of their websites and they're using the kitchen out the back to make those cakes that are being pre-ordered. But on the weekends and on Saturdays specifically, they're doing a bunch of pop-ups. So last weekend, Alicia, who has been baking for, I think, 10 years, she told me she's never sold her cakes by the slice before. You've always had to buy like a full cake. She sold them by the slice for the first time using the shop front peachy space last Saturday. And Alice is doing the same next week. And then they've got other talent lined up. So um, Rosemary Andrews, who used to be the Attica pastry chef, her big claim to fame is creating the Attica summer camp dessert trolley. She's going to be there in a couple of weeks and then they have florists coming in. They also want to do some kind of more crafty, like less food focused pop-ups or maybe like cocktail tastings. So definitely the intent is for other creators and brands to be able to come in and use it. So it's really weekends though that you or I or the consumer can just turn up and grab something. Yeah. And you have to be fast. I tried to go for Alicia's pop-up. I think it started at 8.30 and I got there at 10 and she was already sold out. So, yeah. <laughs> so you have to be really fast. You have to be very fast. These cakes are in high demand. Can you describe them for people? I mean, these are not your everyday cakes. They're not. So basically, Alice used to be an event planner 
And when COVID happened, she was working on the Grand Prix and that all shut down. So during COVID, she started becoming really well known for these like pun cakes that are covered in lollies. So there's one that's covered in those banana lollies, which I really like, but a lot of people don't like. And it says like, this shit is bananas. And then she has other ones that are covered in musk sticks and they say musk be love. So she became quite well known for those. And like more recently has started doing these vintage cakes. So it's like really bright colors. If you look at the story, there's a lot of photos of these style of cakes with the kind of traditional lacy patterns around the edges. Right. Um, They're highly decorative. Highly decorative. Um, And then Alicia does a lot of like hand-painted cakes. So they're a little bit more pastel, you know, a lot of floral patterns coming through. But, yeah. I mean, we had a couple at the office at one point. They are – it's kind of – it's almost a shame to cut into them. They are like little worlds unto themselves. Mm -hmm. So – this is a space that's open in Richmond. There's no phone and the hours are irregular, but the next few weeks there are some pop-ups going on. If you head to our story on Broadsheet, you'll find more details. It's on Swan Street in Richmond. Thanks, Audrey. Thanks. Limoncello, we'd noticed on a lot of different menus and we thought to ourselves, something is going on with this lemony Italian liqueur. So, of course, who do we reach out to? Evan Jones, who is our resident drinks pub guru. Welcome, Evan. Thanks, Katya. It's good to be here. So, Evan, you wrote a feature for us about why limoncello is everywhere right now. People might think that's an exaggeration, but if you are in the world that we are, which is a lot of food and a lot of drinks, suddenly it does seem to be on menus or in slushies or some wineries making it. We asked you to go and do some digging. What did you find out about why limoncello has suddenly, I guess, exploded on Australian menus? Um, And maybe before we get there, What is this thing? What is this liqueur for people who might not be familiar? If you haven't had limoncello, it is an Italian liqueur of some fairly uh, vague origins, as most of them are, mostly homemade up until recently. So it's it's lemon peel, only the lemon peel traditionally steeped in alcohol with sugar. And it's it's sweet and it's lemony, but unlike lemonade and lemon juices, it doesn't have any acidity. So it's just sweet, delicious, lemon-flavoured liqueur. So, and is this something that originated out of... So it can came from, and again, fairly vague, uh, it's mostly associated with the Amalfi Coast and Sorrento now. So if you get the most traditional kinds of limoncello, you'll be drinking a limoncello made with Sorrento lemons. In Australia, we mostly have something called Lisbon lemons. doesn't really make a difference, um, but it comes from uh, the, the Amalfi Coast and Sorrento in, in Italy traditionally, and now it's everywhere. It's been very popular in England for a long time. So how would you drink it traditionally? This is something that you kind of get out, pop in a shot glass after dinner. One of the things that I heard about from people that have been drinking it and making it for a long time, they always keep it in the freezer. They keep a bottle in the freezer because it's so alcoholic and sugary. It doesn't actually freeze, so it just stays ice cold. And then they drink it as a digestive. So I spoke to Anna Gallo from Pietro Gallus Estate, and she's been making it uh, with her mother and grandmother for, for over 50 years. And they drank it as, a, as children as a digestive, so a little nip after... After dinner, God, that uh, sounds like a much cooler family than mine. I know, that was not the nip I, I was having after dinner. Absolutely. So that is a digestive to help aid in digestion traditionally. So before we started mixing it up and and finding it to be a trendy addition to cocktails and jellies and desserts and things, it was just for for your health. So you had uh, chats with a few people though around the country about why we might be seeing it now, why people are more interested in it. Yeah. 
things like White Lotus got mentioned. Well, tell was, us, yeah, tell us why. That was really interesting. I think that um, one of the things that came up was obviously the, the White Lotus. Everyone for a little while last year was absolutely obsessed, particularly with the second season, uh, which is set in Sicily. And so uh, that combined with uh, perhaps moving on to the next Italian liqueur, we've had Campari, we've had Aperol. Everyone needs to know what's next. And limoncello is fairly approachable. It's very sweet and it's easy to mix with. Um, people obviously are looking for something if they can't travel. Um, so that was one thing that came up quite a bit. People uh, substituting travel with drinking something they might drink on holidays. I remember the first time I went to Italy, I brought back a little bottle of limoncello. Right. And my mum still got it sitting on the uh, dresser at home. So don't, don't think she finished that one off. Evan's mum. Come on, did not mom. appreciate did not appreciate the gift. So in Australia, uh, that means that we are getting also some new brands who yeah. are exploring this, which I think is really, really fun. Tell us about some of those that are making their own limoncello, and then we'll maybe get to how it's being served in bars. So, I mean, basically, if you're making spirits, you're making limoncello now. But even I spoke to Boat Rocker, who have famously a Melbourne brewery, and they've been distilling for a few years. And last year, they did uh, a call out to their neighborhood about lemons to make the limoncello. If you live in the inner city in pretty much any uh, part of Australia, there's likely to be a lemon tree in your backyard. They did a call out for lemon tree uh, for, for lemon donations from the neighborhood, and they said that if you bring us a certain amount of lemons, we'll, uh, we'll give you a bottle when we make the limoncello. And so Boat Rocker made a limoncello uh, named after their neighborhood. Um, I spoke to Daniel Luzzi from Tommy's. Tommy's part of the Freddy's Pizza shop in Paran. And he and his partner, Daniel, have been making uh, limoncello in a traditional way as well. And traditional, I should mention, means hand peeling the lemons. So if you make a lot of limoncello, it's a lot of labor. Now, we did a story earlier this year about Zonzo um, Estate, yeah. which is in the Yarra Valley, you know, peeling 32,000 lemons to get their enough for their limoncello. And the interesting part of that story goes back to the fact that, you know, this guy had been making limoncello, you know, at home yeah. for many, many years. And everyone was like, well, can you try and make some commercially so we yeah. can all have it? Limoncello really is one of those drinks or liqueurs that has existed in a home environment. It's yeah. not necessarily something like, you know, your gins or your vodkas out on shop shelves. It really is something that people make themselves and they kind of hand out after dinner. Yeah, it's been the sort of thing that because it's actually it's actually really I made it last year. It's really easy to make. Like so many people, I've got a lemon tree in the backyard. And I'll tell you, if you've got a lemon tree in the backyard and the possums are starting to eat them, which they do, make some limoncello. Wait, so how many were you peeling to get oh, and how much did you get? Well, we did maybe a litre and I don't know, it might have been a dozen lemons. But the thing is you, you end up having a bunch of lemons without the peel and you you don't want to get, and this is one thing that everyone who was making it told me. So if you're planning on making limoncello, I remember this, when you're peeling, don't get any of the white part of the pith. You just want the zest on the top. So you've got to be very fine. So think about Rod McAuliffe from Zonzo peeling 32,000 lemons by hand and not getting any of the white in there. No, like this is not something that you, you're not peeling those lemons in front of the TV. You are, your <laughs> eyes are on the lemon. Not unless you're extremely good at uh, multitasking. Exactly. Uh, let's talk about some of the Sydney locations as well that are making limoncello. So one of the ones you mentioned in here is an award-winning Sydney distillery called Banks and Solander. And they're using an old family recipe. 
This was the thing I found with actually quite a few uh, distilleries that are making limoncello is, like we mentioned, most of them have been making them for a long time, just not commercially. Um, so these guys are a, a great distillery that are making one with a. It's got a couple of twists. It's got lemon myrtle uh, for a, a sort of more herbaceous kind of lemon flavor, and they're adding lemon juice. So as I mentioned before, it's not necessarily uh, necessary for the for the drink, but lemon juice adds a bit of, a bit of acidity, so you get a kind of more rounded. Uh, limoncello there. Right. And Manly Spirit, so that's another distillery in Sydney's Northern Beaches. Tell us about how they're doing theirs. This is a fairly standard process, I believe, but they've been doing this for years. So if you were to look at the shops in any of the big retailers' shelves a couple of years ago, you wouldn't have seen many limoncellos from Australia, except there would be Ambra from South Australia, and then there was Manly, and the rest of them were basically Italian imports. Um, so these guys have been leading the way for quite a while, and uh, they're, they're probably noticing that the market is starting to catch up to them, which is good. It's a really, really fun drink. As you mentioned, great thing to keep in the freezer, chuck out at the end of a dinner party, or not even at the end of a dinner party. It might just be a nice way to kind of finish up a meal if you're at home midweek. I recommend you go to the Broadsheet website to read Evan's story. Limoncello is having a well-deserved moment. Uh, There's a really great list on there of places around the country who are making limoncello. Thanks, Evan. Thanks, Katja. That's it for today. You can stay completely up to date at any moment of any day at broadsheet.com.au or on Instagram at broadsheet underscore melb. I'll be back again on Wednesday. Chat then. Listener.